Jenny. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited about today's show. Yes, I am very excited. I'm on actually on pins and needles because uh, I love Karina. <laughs> it's great hanging out with her, and she's so smart. And uh, ha we'll have a we'll have a great show today, no doubt, no doubt. Absolutely. We we talked with Karina, I think, in uh, early April about uh, the she session, and she was giving us um, some really good information about how the pandemic was. Um, impacting women in the workplace. And uh, there was just, there were a lot of questions in that conversation and we just didn't know how it was going to play out. So we thought bringing Karina back into the conversation so we could kind of go over what the past couple months have been like for women in the workplace and where we're headed. That yeah. That's what today's conversation is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, we were so many unknowns back in the spring when we interviewed Karina and we're coming back today. Uh, we're jumping off with an article that I'll put in the comments section from her company. We have data in hand for this conversation. We have some experience behind this. And where are we now? So let's bring on Karina and find out all these fun, fascinating things. Welcome, Karina. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. It's been six months since we talked, right? Oh, so no. it's, a, it's a nice po you know, point to, to talk about. Like, So what's happened since then? What's what's transpired? Yeah, yes. it, it is. Yeah. But first, could you just give our audience just like a, a very brief bio of sure. what you do? Yep, absolutely. So I am coming to you live from San Francisco, my office, uh, you know, my walk-in office, <laughs> which is a walk-in closet that we've repurposed for the for the sake of an office. Um, but I am with Aegon Zender. We are a global executive search firm, a talent management firm uh, headquartered in Switzerland. Uh, the firm was founded in 1964, and I've been with the firm since 2010. And so today I lead the West Coast Tech Officers Practice, which means that I anchor a lot of the work that we do out on the West Coast in terms of like, Know, chief technology officers, chief product officers, engineering, etc. Um, but more broadly, I am one of the champions, um, you know, particularly around women, and you know, advocating for women, giving women a platform, amplifying women's voices. Um, and having spent my career in tech, I certainly have some opinions about women in in this industry in particular. <laughs> but I, I'm glad to be with you today, Sharon and I. You know, we we go back way back, and of course, you know, Jenny, I met, met you through Sharon, and so I'm just glad that you know three of us are, are having this conversation today. It's very timely. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just a little bit of a little bit more history. Karina and I met like back in 1998 at Anderson Consulting That's before right. it became Accenture. <laughs> And we have tagged team each other through our career mm -hmm. um, between San Francisco, the tech industry, the bro culture, like we've seen a lot mm -hmm. um, and have had a lot of experience, um, especially as the breadwinners in our family, That's um, finding careers, finding places that we like to work. And here we are now, 40 plus. <laughs> The best is yet to come, Sharon. <laughs> come. I have so much to give. Uh, I have so much experience to share, and I am looking for the right place to bring it to the table. That's right. I'm very excited as a woman at this stage of my life. Like, who wants this powerhouse on their hands? Let me help you make some freaking money. So let's figure out how to do that. Yeah. So anyways, I'm all riled up. I've had lots of coffee this morning. I'm ready to go and have this discussion. Um, I think... One of the main things, as you know, it, our thing here is 
being visible. That's the name of this mm -hmm. podcast. And what I want to discuss today and walk through is how to be visible during your job hunt. I think the other thing we need to be talking about today too is how to be visible where you are employed if you are remote, mm -hmm. um, how to be visible in your current job if you wanna stay there and get promoted. Um, and I, I think those are our jumping off points. I do also, Jenny, would you like to talk about the sticking around to the end because we got something special? We really do. Um, Karina is offering uh, one hour of her services to a very lucky listener. And um, if you're interested, we, what we want to do is we want to hear from you in the comments below. So if you could share your uh, she session story with us, uh, how has it impacted your career? Where are you now? Where do you, where do you want to be? Um, put, put your story in the comments below and we're going to pick one, one winner and, um, Karina is going to offer up her services to that very lucky person. Yeah. Even if you're listening to the show later in the week, we're going to be keeping, we're going to be picking, uh, let's, let's just say October 30th, we'll go through and we'll find, uh, we'll randomly pick. We have different platforms where you can put your comments in. We're going to compile them all. I mean, we'll randomly pick one an hour with Karina is like is gold people like she will get down and dirty with you really fast figure out how to help you in your career in your job hunt and i'm not trying to get her commercial or anything like that this woman is smart tactical and strategic and she will help focus you on the best thing to do to get you ahead in your career so if that's important to you stick around for this conversation please comment and let's get going and, you know, before we get to the how to's, you know, how to do this, how to do that, I was hoping we could do a bit of a recap um, since we last spoke in, in I think it was April. Um, I'd really like to know, you know, where are we now with the recession? Um, you know, how has the pandemic um, played out this summer? You know, we all heard about the great resignation that was happening over the summer months. Um, so if you could just kind of let us know, you know, where we are, you know, what's happening now. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, some of your, a lot of your listeners are living this. So I feel like, you know, I'm sharing something that, you know, people are already living as history, but you know, where we were six months ago was, was a lot of uncertainty. Like, you know, we started to see like, you know, in my profession, anyway, of executive search, we were starting to see demand really pick up, right? You know, my clients were calling to say like, you know, Hey, we've got these roles that we had basically put on hold, you know, for all of 2020. And we, we really got that. But what was interesting was that now it was, Hey, we have to backfill someone. Right. Like that's interesting, too. It's like, you know, creating new roles really signals um, you know, growth in the industry, growth in the company. But also when you start backfilling people, it's like, hey, something's up. You know, people are leaving, um, you know, for for other roles. And so I have been super busy. I mean, you know, this might be one of my my best years to date. Right. From a billings and, and fee perspective, uh, I'm busier than ever. Um, and also this year. I, I've turned work away, which is kind of unusual, right? Wow. But and the reason why is because I, I simply can't do it. I mean, it's like, you know, unless I can clone myself in this closet, uh, you know, I, 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 there's not much I can do. I, I can't let clients down. And so, um, you know, we you'll, you'll see that also in, in a lot of executive search firms, you know, people turning work away. But what does that mean for, for you listening out there today, right? What it means is that you've got a lot more choices. You've got a lot more options. And so um, it is a really heated in a way overheated job market people have so many options um you know people are 
this is what's thing that's really interesting is that people are turning away opportunities that don't align with their personal values and mission, mm -hmm. right? The thing, things that don't, yeah, things that, you know, it's like, if it doesn't give you a sense of purpose, if it doesn't give you a reason to like spend time away from your family or time away from the things you love to do, there's a real opportunity cost. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm really seeing now is that people not just saying, yeah, I'll interview for that role. They're not even, they don't even want to hear the pitch right now, you know, unless it's a company that they can say, oh, I can really get behind that brand or I love that sector or I love the work that they do. So I think that's a really good news, right? Is that we've gone from uncertainty to you've got a lot of leverage right now, listener. You've got a lot of leverage and a lot of power, um, you know, but that still means like, you know, but what is the right role for you, right? I mean, this won't last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, um, you know, there's also macroeconomic level things, right? You know, I mean, supply chain issues will continue to impact, um, you know, if you're in consumer goods, for example, right, you know, or the cost of like commodity, uh, you know, ingredients, right, raw materials, that's going to impact margins and, and profit levels in those industries. So that might not last forever there either. So every industry has its own, you know, pull, push and pull. Every industry is going to be impacted by the economy differently. But I would say that overall, right now, there's a lot of cause for optimism if you're a job seeker. Does that also translate to there's a lot more competition out there? A ton more competition, right? Tell me it, about it's, that. That's yeah, here. yeah. And and I, I think you know it's you know one of the things is that you know I'll, I'll tell you right now that as a as someone who is in executive search, it used to be that I would put out like you know maybe 10, 15 feelers, right? Six or seven people would get back to me, right? A pretty good yield. I mean, I won't lie to you. Like lately, I I, like, I had one week where I put out 115 emails, right? Half of these were people I knew and they weren't even getting back to me. I think I got one response and it was just a, a curt, no, thank you. Right? Wow. And, and the reason why is that people are getting pinged so much. There's so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even the most courteous people who would say like, no, no, thank you. I, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not interested they're so overwhelmed now, they just ignore them. It's like, you know, you couldn't possibly respond to 10 emails a day saying, no, thank you, no, thank you. And I'm even on the receiving end of that, right? I get pinged by other search firms. I get pinged by, you know, companies who want to hire for, you know, in-house recruiting. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, do I just, you know, come up with a, you know, robo response now just to at least say, no, thank you. Um, you know, so that's, that's how things have changed, right? It, it's like, it, that's how different it is. Hmm. Do you think that, People should be just saying no, thank you, just as an investment for the future to yeah, stop. Absolutely. Okay. Relationships matter. Let me just tell you that. Okay. Yeah. It, it's like relationships always matter. Even if you look, you know, even if it's it's not the right role for you, but it's a company you're interested in or it's a sector you want to be in, people, you know, I'll tell you, executive recruiters, headhunters. We have long memories. <laughs> we remember <laughs> names, or you're, you know, and, and that's not to say that you know there, there's a negative downside to that. But you always want to keep those relationships. And and the, I, I think you know the more mature you are, the more tenured you are in your relationship, um, the the more senior you get, you'll see that a lot of these roles aren't necessarily posted, right? You know, they go through um, uh, you know search firms, they go through agencies, they go through organizations like that. And so you want to keep those relationships warm, cordial as much as possible. And and tell you what, if you can be helpful to an executive recruiter, you are you go to the top of the list, right? I mean, if you can you say like, hey, not for me, but I know someone you absolutely should talk to, you need to give Jenny a call, right? Mm -hmm. 
then it's like, okay, you immediately, you know, you get a star, you get a gold star <laughs> in my contact list, right? Uh, and I will call you again because you know you're you're you understand the the reciprocality of this relationship. So if 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 you're in the driver's seat, which it sounds like mm-hmm. you know a lot of women are, how can you use that leverage um, when you're in like? you know, the beginning yeah. of negotiating or even just yeah. in an interview process. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, you know, very distinctly, right. You, you uh, in our last session together, you had asked, it's like, you know, what if, you know, how should people, women play off? Like, you know, like if you had to quit your job or you got laid off during the, uh, the pandemic and I'd like own it, right. Like, you know, so many people did, there's no sense in, in saying like, well, I took a sabbatical, et cetera. It's like, no, no, like everyone knows what happened. There's no judgment, right. It, it happened globally. Um, so that's first, First and foremost, like, you know, I just wanted to recap that don't no need to like obscure what happened, right, you know, in 2020, it just doesn't, you don't need to do that. But the second thing here is really take a good hard look at your LinkedIn. Um, you know, one, one of the things that, you know, I would say is, um, you know, this is this is how people find you. This is how executive recruiters find you. This is how in-house recruiters find you. They always go to LinkedIn first, right? So, so make sure that um, you know, when you just take a good hard look, right? Even invite one of your friends to say, like, if you were a recruiter, right? You know, put on your recruiter goggles for a moment. What do you see, right? What What do you see in this LinkedIn profile? Um, because you know, and and I think you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later in a, in a little bit. But too many times, your LinkedIn profile is kind of like a it, it's a, another proxy for your resume right rather than throwing your resume up there but what happens is that it doesn't tell the full story of your of your career of who you are who you are as a leader who you are as a team member a contributor it just has a chronological listing of i did this this and this and this right so i would say the first step is really take a look at that what do you what are you telling the world out there right mm-hmm. uh, about you about your story mm-hmm. Do you think having a jobs going back to like 1998 on your LinkedIn profile should be no. or yeah. yeah, you don't need to do that, right? You know, you don't need to do that. You don't need to put years of, of your graduation dates. You know, if you if you went to college, you don't need to put those in. I would say 10 to 15 years back is plenty. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. it's it, it, you know, no one's going to like scroll, you know, do an endless scroll of your of your LinkedIn, you know. Um, and I even personally, like, you know, Sharon, I'll tell you, right, like, you know, I, I was a, uh, a veteran of the dot com, you know, boom and bust, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't list every job that, you know, where I was there for like four or six months, right? I, I have a section called like, you know, dot com years, right? Yeah, the dot com years. And, and it's like, you know, look, everyone has a story. Some are better than others, right? You know, just just know that Pe- people, recruiters know this. So what are some of the tricks um, to mm-hmm. telling your story? on LinkedIn? Yeah. Because uh, like you said, a lot of profiles, they're they're almost like basically a digital resume. So right. Um, how do you do that? How do you tell you? How do you tell your story? Yeah. And I, I, I want to add on. How do you tell your story and get more money? Like yes. one yeah. of the so one of the from the article that that you shared with us. Mm-hmm. I'll put the link up to in a second. Twelve uh, percent of companies uh, are are offering women m- more equal pay as yeah. an incentive. Right. How do we get that number up? through negotiating through this time right now. So that number maybe changes to, I don't know, 20%, something mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
it's yeah, know, so, yeah. So first of all, I am going to emphasize, like you know, I, I am going to give, uh, you know, make this homework assignment, which is read that Harvard Business Review article. It is an oldie, but it is a goodie. It is, it, it is fantastic. Like you know, when you see Harvard Business Review and, and the business press start, you know, really emphasizing storytelling, yes. not as this fluffy you know, skill, but a hard skill, you know, something that you really leaders really need to, to uh, be able to do, do it, right. It's worth the 10 minute read, you know, so, so I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to say that, but, you know, uh, Jenny and Sharon, you know, the, the first thing I, I do is I'm going to, I'm going to use my own LinkedIn as an example, right. I think my, my official title is something like, you know, consult, technology consultant, right. I mean, it's just something really blah, right. Like, you know, it's like, well, there's a lot of technology consultants out there. But even in LinkedIn, in your profile underneath, it gives you an option, right? You know, to what, what, what's your headline? What's the lead? So don't bury the lead, right? You know, for those of you who are journalists, don't bury the lead. And so, um, you know, I put down like, you know, I'm an executive recruiter of engineering and technology leaders, right? Like that's what I, I do. And so it's not that I'm looking for, you know, employers to find me. I want candidates to find me, right? I, I want them to reach out to me too. And so what is your story, right? It, it's like, you know, let's say like, you know, you are a procurement expert. Well, guess what? There's a lot of procurement experts out there, right? Do you, do you really want to lead with, you know, manager of procurement, manager of supply chain? No, maybe, you know, what, what is it that you do, right? Unlocking supply chains, you know, for, for large corporate, you know, for fortune 500s, right? Um, you know, um, you know, enabling, uh, you know, manufacturing organizations, right? You know, to, to you know, to do, to, you know, to unlock the, the, the potential and power of supply chains. It doesn't have to be buzzy. Like, you know, I, 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 I let me just, you know, put this as a, as a sidebar, right? I'm going to get on my soapbox for a moment. The words transform, transformational leader, you know, like, you know, those kind of words are really buzzy. Not everyone's a transformational leader. I think you're great. You know, you could be a great leader, but not everyone's a transformational leader, right? So, you know, what are those things that you know are just um, are truthful? But think about what it is that you do, right? You're not just a cog in a machine. You do other things. Like, you know, let's say that you know you are a um, you know special needs teacher, right? It's you know helping you know exceptional students you know find their inner voice, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what is it that you do? Why, why do you do what you do? Why have you devoted, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of your life to this vocation, to this career? That's what you do. Using your, your passion to absolutely. attract the right company you want to work at. The right. That's correct. It almost sounds like a mission statement. It yeah. is. The, well, maybe that's the second homework assignment, Jenny. <laughs> what, you know, read that, sir. What is your mission statement? Why do you get out of bed in the morning to do this? And, and I would imagine that's changed for a lot of people now. Sure has. Sure has. It used to be a paycheck, right? It used to be a, you know, but now again, you're in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. So what do you, you know, why is, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to garner a paycheck these days, right? And, and you know, you, you've you probably read all of the articles too about how stimulus payments and, and you kind of like, you know, quote, generous, um, you know, government aid has, has really allowed people to build up their, their savings to, to go and, um, you know, wait this out. I think there's more to this. I, I think there's more to this. I mean, you know, we were, we all experienced a form of mass trauma, right? We all came really close to either a scare like, you know, of, of like, you know, do I have COVID, right? We had, we saw people that we love, people that we care about. I honestly don't know anyone who hasn't been personally touched by COVID. 
you know, mm -hmm. either as someone who who got it themselves or had a really someone close to them, you know, uh, perish this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that brush with trauma that is usually so distant really made us all think, you know, and of course, being at home didn't hurt. Right. Like, you know, really forced you to be alone with your thoughts to say, yeah. what kind of meaning do I want to have? What kind of life do I want to lead? And you know what? This folds back into your storytelling, mm -hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. It's um, because again, you know, it's you know, I, I always joke. It's like, well, you know, who becomes a headhunter, right? Like, you know, it's it's kind of like a, I I think you know I, I certainly you know Sharon when I met you, right? You know, like this wasn't a a, a job or a career I had on my list of things to do. Yeah. But you know what I found is that you know my passion is connecting people with their own passion, right? Helping them, you know, kind of unearth their own power, helping them unearth what it is that they love. And that energizes me so much. So it's not that, you know, I'm a headhunter or I'm an executive search person by, yeah, maybe that's what my, my, my trade is, but the meaning, you know, what drives me, my passion, my lead is that I, I do this, right? You know, for people and for, and for companies. You connect people into the roles that they were meant to be in to do the things that they were meant to do. I that's what that's how at the end of the day I know that my, it was time well spent. Mm. Yes, I love that, especially right now, Karina. Like absolutely. Yes. All right, that was so, nice. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about um, you know women out there who. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe they're mid-level and they haven't really even thought about trying to climb the ladder. And maybe yeah. this is the, the maybe this was the big, you know, wake-up call or motivator that they've been waiting for. Yeah, and and also here's the thing, right? Like, um, I think ambition in in this context, right? It's it's always been very gendered, right? You know, we've always felt like you know, ambition meant. You know, it's like, you know, you always want, you know, for the top job, you know, if, if you didn't push yourself, you know, it was kind of like, you know, wasted time or, you know, you, it was just a lost opportunity. And I want to say ambition is personal, right? It is not about society. It is not about corporations. It's not about institutions. It's about what do you want to do? There are plenty of people who don't like managing people, right? And for all, and for so many years, you know, we've heard like, you know, you have to manage people in order to, um, you know, succeed or exceed your, your expectations. And I just want to tell you, that's not true. I don't manage people, right? I work with a lot of people. I collaborate, but I have found my greatest success not managing people. Right. You know, so so first of all, don't feel like, you know, you need to um, you know, keep grabbing for that brass or gold ring. Right. You know, every time. So I just want to give you permission. You know, if that's not what you're comfortable with, if that's not your truth, don't do it. OK. The, the second thing is, um, you know, and you're right, Jenny, it's like, you know, a lot of women, I think, are feeling like, OK, you know, this is a once in a career type of opportunity. Right. Where like the, the, the uh, playing field is wide open. I won't say it's even, I won't say it's level, but I'm saying it's open, right? What do you do? How do you take advantage of that? And for a lot of women, this is what I see. I see women, they apply for jobs that they are 100% qualified for, but they don't apply for jobs that they're 85 or 90% qualified for, right? They won't apply for what I call the stretch opportunities. And if, if you are ready, if you want to say like, hey, you know, I have been training for this my whole life, right? I have reached my personal best. It is time for me to try for that director level position. 
it is time for me to you know try for my first manager level position where I am leading people, go for it. Absolutely go for it. But I would also say, make sure you're ready to tell your story. Why now? Why you? Right. And really think about it. And it's not about, well, because I put in 15 years, right. You know, or, and I, because that's leadership. Yeah, it is old school thinking. Leadership is not about tenure. It's not about, you know, it's like, well, you, you know, you, you earned your stripes and you're next. It's like, no, can you, you know, be the one who can unlock the potential of others, right? Yes. Can you be the one who can bring out the best? So in a way, like think of it this way, right? You're in, in a way you're, if you're looking for your first or your fifth leadership role, what are you doing to help develop the people behind you, right? Are you building a good bench in the, in the, you know, in the sports analogy, right? Are you coaching others, um, you know, who do you want to replace you, right? Who do you want to backfill you? Think about that as in terms of training others. And and Sharon, I also realized I never answered your question before about how you use storytelling, you know, to, to, to get paid what you're, what you deserve, right? You know, what you, what you deserve at this point in your career for the work that you do. And I, I want to make sure that, you know, I answer that, that, you know, cause that's a, that's a really important question, but to, you know, to wrap up Jenny's question here is, you know, again, make sure that you understand why you're doing it. It's not just because, um, you know, you've, you've put in the time and now this is the next natural step for you. It's why do you want to manage people? Because it can be exciting, but, you know, it, it can also be a pain in the butt, right? You know, it's like, you know, do you really want to be writing annual reviews, right? Do you, do you really want to be putting people on performance improvement plans, right? If you've got under, um, you know, people who are underachieving their goals, right? Or if you've got people who are not in the right job, how do you counsel them so that, you know, they go into the right roles? Those can also be really painful, particularly if you love the content, if you are a domain expert, right? So let, let's say that, you know, let's go back to that procurement, um, you know, um, example again, right? If you really know procurement, you know how to do contracts, you know how to do negotiating, you know how to do, you know, um, vendor management, you know how to do, uh, you know, relationship building. Do you want to give up that kind of domain expertise where every day you're kind of feeding yourself, nourishing yourself with that expertise and domain? to, well, now I have to manage five contracts, right? I have to like, you know, approve their work instead of being in the work themselves. You have to answer that question for yourself too. Yeah. Okay. So, so well, um, I'm hearing like, um, know, know your mission, figure out what your mission is, tell your yeah. story. That's the hard part is yeah. I really think a lot of women have a hard time telling their story. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm going to talk about that. Okay, yes. because I grew up, you know, in, you know, with, with fairly traditional gendered roles, right? My parents were, were pretty much, and, and, the, and then there's the added, um, you know, layer of, you know, Asians, right? You know, we just don't, we don't brag. We don't, you know, I was basically told, like, you know, don't, don't need to boast, right? You know, raise your hand if you've heard this too, right? Like, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't brag about your accomplishments. Don't boast mm -hmm. about, don't talk about them. Just let them speak for themselves, Right. And again, it's like, uh, you know, well-meaning advice, but it doesn't is it, work. Is it well-meaning? <laughs> you know, well-meaning well in the sense that, you know, I, I don't think my parents, you know, knew, knew other advice to give me, right? So it was well-meaning in that regard. But, um, you know, it not only is it is it, you know, outdated and wrong for so many reasons, but also in the, in the era of LinkedIn, right? 
letting your you know um, experience speak for itself means that you are one of us in a sea of nameless, faceless people who have the exact same experience. So how are you going to stand out? Right. And that's where storytelling comes in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, I, I would say it's like, you know, even if you're not comfortable, you know, boasting about, you know, your accomplishments, then talk about them in the sense of what kind of value did you bring, right? What kind of, what was the differentiator of your experience then? It's not so much, you know, and again, people can find all sorts of managers of, of procurement, right? What makes you different? What makes you special? Mm -hmm. And it could be that, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's like the, you know, the six of the people who've worked under me have gone on to become, you know, uh, directors of procurement themselves, right? Like I am really good at spotting talent and training them and pushing them forward. Or you can also, you know, it's like if you are a, an advocate of women, right? Or people of color, or, you know, it's like, you know, you lead another affinity group, right? You can say, it's like, well, I, you know, I had an organization that was majority women, right? You know, I am a talent magnet for, for women. I can spot, you know, talent that is, uh, you know, it, that is, it, you know, talent that is, um, you know, high potential, right? And hasn't been tapping, haven't been given those opportunities. And here are some examples, right? So again, what, what's, what's your superpower? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, there's, um, there's a really good, for people who don't know how to tell stories or who are uncomfortable uh, telling a story, if they Google Pixar storytelling template, um, it's an excellent walkthrough about how the, you know, the Pixar uh, movie um, company um, uh, tells really great stories. And um, it's, it's something that anybody can follow. And it's also just a really fun experiment. It is. And, and you're right, it takes practice. And so one of the things that I, you know, I do in my firm is, and it's, it's not like an official service I offer, but it's, you know, I, every quarter I gather women executives together and we practice telling stories to each other, right? We practice telling, like, you know, they practice telling their story to another person because here's another thing too, after you've lived your story, it doesn't feel exceptional. Right. It feels like, well, you know, it's like I, I, I live this pretty ordinary life. I have this ordinary career. But in every situation, right, the other participants sat with rapt attention to say, and then what happened? What happened next? Yeah. Right. And, and these were women who don't think that they're good storytellers either. But for people who've never heard it, people who didn't live it, it's like everyone's story is unique. Everyone has a really good story. You just have to uncover like, you know, a couple of, I would say, details, right? And a way of telling it. Um, but I, I bet, you know, Sharon, Jenny, right? If you told your story, I too would sit here with rapt attention to say, and then what happened? Yeah. And then what did you do? <laughs> how, did you, how did you get out of that, right? Everyone has a great story. I, I, yeah, I love that advice. I, I think also like, because often, practicing your storytelling with your friends or with other women, you probably will open up a bit more than you would with a man, especially a man you, you just don't know. And then no. that whole boasting maybe thing comes right. into play where you're downplaying your accomplishments. Um, and, and it's also that just the dynamics are a bit different. I think um, like as friends, we would ask each other what, what did you do next? What did happen yeah. next? And having yeah. that practice in hand so that you just naturally roll into that when you are interviewing yes. lots of different people, 
you have that, you have that practice. It's like a muscle memory that you're calling on. And, and Sharon, I mean, you know, I, I'll call something out too, is that a lot of women have a hard time saying, I did this, right? So I, I've even heard it when I'm interviewing executives, like when I'm assessing them, they'll say, and then we did this and we did that and we did this. And and you have to, women in particular have to tread a really fine line. I, I will not, you know, um, deny that, right? It's like, you know, the, the it's like women who use the word I too much, right? they're usually not received too well. It's just the reality of, of our sexist system. Um, but then if you use we all the time, right, then the interviewer, the hiring manager might say, so what do you actually do? Right. You know, are, are you, so, so that's something that is, that can be tricky. But, and, and so this is the, the advice I usually give on this, right, is what did you personally do? And then at what point did you guide the team to do it? Right. And so you can say like, well, I came up with that idea. I, I did. It's like, you know, I was I was sitting in my office, I, you know, with a whiteboard and I came up with this idea. But then I approached our, you know, my team with it. Right. And we had a really good brainstorming session. I invited them to tear this idea to bits. Right. I invited them to like, you know, put this through a murder board. Right. And, 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 and take apart the weakness. And then we all came back together again right to to come up with a plan and i was so proud of them i was so proud of our team when we were able to do this so that's an example right of one Mm -hmm. way to to balance if you will you know kind of society's expectations of modesty from women right and humility with hey you know don't shy away when you did the hard work yourself be proud of that and own it own it i think that is so important own it share it have data um, you know, you talked about like, uh, like I have like a cheat sheet here. So when I'm interviewing, I have data right here in front of me and bullet points I can just pull from and bring into the conversation. I think yeah. data is like, um, I love the storytelling angle, but I, I know the fields that I work in, um, mm-hmm. having those data points and bringing those in that often speaks for itself as well. Absolutely. And, and I think every industry, right, every, every function um, in particular has its data points, right? You know, and, and of course it's easier in corporations, you know, when you talk about things like, you know, again, it's like, you know, if you're a project manager, right? It's like, well, what kind of SLAs, you know, did you, what kind of OKRs did you meet? There are really, there's standard accepted metrics, um, you know, in your function. But yes. I would also say, you know, for those of you listeners who are not in corporate environments, right? If you're in NGOs or if you're, in teaching or if you're in journalism, there are other metrics that you can, you know, right? There's readership, there, there, there's click through, right? For, for students, there's graduation rates, right? You know, there are uh, success rates, there are, you know, testing scores, there are a lot of things. So kind of, yeah, think through, you know, kind of what are the acceptable or what are the standard, um, you know, metrics in your field, right? And, and back up your story with those. Hmm. I like that. I do too. I, I'm actually, my project management brain is going to like a Venn diagram where we have the three yeah. circles and one of them is like, what's your passion? What's your, what's your, um, what's your objective that you want to do? Um, and then like, what's your data? And then yeah. in the middle is your story. Your yeah. story yeah. comes from that. I like exactly. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what, one of the things too, is that, um, you know, with the data is don't hide behind the data, right? Don't obscure your story with data because behind the data, there is still a really powerful woman leader, right? You know, a powerful woman team member, a powerful woman individual contributor who 
was was responsible for that, who drove that, right? So don't try not to hide behind the data either, even if you're uncomfortable telling your story. Karina, can you tell, can you help our listeners uh, put together a story that would be great to negotiate a um, mm. big salary bump? Yeah. Um, so here's the, you know, here's the best part, right, is that um, there are a lot of laws now, right, you know, compensation history laws, that they that it, it makes it illegal for companies to ask you what you were making, right, you know, kind of what's your current salary, because what happens is that, you know, women who have always made less than their male counterparts, then, you know, you get a 10% bump, a 15% bump, you will always stay behind, you know, your male counterparts. And so now a lot of companies, they're only allowed to ask you, what are your salary expectations, right? What are your compensation expectations? And so that's a tricky terrain, right? You know, because a lot of women are afraid to, um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like put themselves out of the running, you know, by throwing a number out there that is that is really unreasonable. But guess what? A lot of women know what their male counterparts make, right? I mean, it's like, let, that, there's really no secret to that. Um, and this is, you know, and, and if you know what the range of, of the uh, salary is, Think about what it is that you really want and don't undersell yourself, right? It's like, you know, if the salary that, you know, let's, let's say that you're making $75,000 today, right? And you know, you know that this, that you're underpaid. You just know you've got the data or you even had male colleagues tell you, I make a hundred grand, right? Like, you know, ask for a hundred thousand, you know, that's what you, that's what, and it's not about you necessarily, right? Think of it this way. For a lot of women who are kind of uncomfortable saying, like, I don't know if I can ask for 100000 Would you ask for 100000 for your colleague, right? Like, let's say there's a colleague you really love, right? Or, or there is someone, like, you know, you're the hiring manager, right? Would you be comfortable saying, I'm just going to pay 75000 for this role? A lot of times you wouldn't, right? Because it's like, you know, and again, this can be a little gendered, right? You know, but for a lot of, you know, we, we're better at asking for other people than we are for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So ask for that job, right? That job is, you know, it's like, it, it deserves to be compensated at $100,000. And so you ask for that. The worst thing they can say is no, they're not going to turn you down, right? They're not going to like literally not say like, eh, they're not going to no. laugh at you. They're not, not going to say gonna you're not worth it. If you've gotten yeah. this far, sorry, right. I'm going to jump in here. If you've gotten this far, it is exactly. time to negotiate. It is time to negotiate. Do not shy away from negotiating, right? Yeah. And I, now I know it's it's hard. It's 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 really difficult, right? But this is what I, the advice I would give you too is that no one else is going to fight these battles for you, right? Do you want to live your life with regret and resentment? right? Is again, go back to your sense of purpose, go back to this, is this worth your time, right? You want to go into this job with in full faith, right? In, in goodwill. And so does your employer. I, I know it doesn't necessarily feel that way at times, right? But when I negotiate, you know, for, for candidates, right? I, look, I don't want my clients to pay a penny more than they have to for someone. But I will tell them it's like, this is what's going to take to close them. Right. So keep that in mind. This is what it's going to take to close me mm -hmm. on this role. Right. Then, you know, does that does that change things for you? Right. You know, if you if you imagine that there's a you know, you've got a, um, you know, kind of a, a proxy negotiator for you, what would it take to close you on this role? It would take one hundred thousand. Right. And it would take, um, you know, this much in equity or this much in bonus. Right. Um, and I want to start on this date. And then give yourself like what 
what are your red lines, right? You know, what are you willing to take? Um, you know, so, you what know, one of the right? Like yeah, exactly. an extra week of vacation. If you can't make give me a hundred thousand, right. I want an extra week of paid vacation. That's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then, then we can, you know, so the language you can use here is if they say like, you know, I'm sorry, a hundred thousand, it's like, you know, that's at the top of the, or that's beyond our band. It's like, okay, well, where can you be flexible? Right. Can you be flexible on a sign on bonus? Right. That, that pays me out over, over the next year right? That over two years, you know, and, and also if you've got the data, you can even say, it's like, you know, look, I'm taking a haircut. If I, you know, at, at this, right. It's not personal. It's like, you know, when you say, yeah. when you say it's like, you know, that way you don't have to disclose your current salary, but you can say like, look, you know, at 85,000, I'm taking a haircut on this, on this, you know, and it's like, I really want to come work for you, but you know, there's, there's the uh, everyday, you know, reality of this is less than, you know, what I'm, I'm making today. Yeah. Right. In, the, in the job marketplace today, are you seeing companies more willing to negotiate either salary or, or these other areas? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, and I would say, you know, at the executive level, it's, it's very different, you know, and uh, it's like, you know, that those are, those are stories I can tell you another time, um, you know, but one of the things I've learned, right. You know, in terms of negotiating with really senior people, men in particular, is that um, there is that sense of like it, it's there's it's it's almost like they're willing to take their time, right? A lot of women feel rushed to give an answer. A lot mm -hmm. of women feel like it's like oh, I have to either say yes or you know like right away or no, right? It's like it's that desire to please people. And right now, again, remember you're in the driver's seat. I mean, don't don't you know don't take advantage of it. Don't well, don't exploit it. I should say, but take advantage of it in the sense that. Um, you know, there aren't that many people who are applying for these jobs anymore, right? You know, it's like they're, they're, there's kind of a, there's fewer people that they can choose from. And if they have already said that we're like, they like to offer you the job, right? Today, more than there was, like, you know, a couple of years ago, I would say even two years ago, chances are there was like, you know, maybe two or three backup candidates, right? Now there's less, less so, and, and they really, there's an urgency to fill these roles. So I would say, here's where you can go slow to go fast, right? Mm. You can say, uh, you know, another word is like, you know, look, if we can get to 100,000 plus three weeks of vacation, I am prepared to give you a verbal acceptance. I love Put that. it back on them, right? Put oh, it back good. on them yeah. to do that. And because, and, and here's another thing, you know, to tip on negotiation, make a list, make a list of all of your asks now, because one thing that recruiters hate is they go back and they negotiate something for you, and then you go back like you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't like that health health plan. I, I'd like to get you know more, uh, you know, it's like I like to lower my copay. They can't negotiate that for you, and it, it puts them in a really bad light. Make a list of all of your assets. So if they come back to you and say, you know, here's a salary of like eighty thousand, eighty five thousand, you know, two weeks of vacation, um, you know, that's our offer make a list of the things that you will and won't accept, right? And tell them all at once, share that with them, right? So that they have those options because um, make the recruiter your friend. You know, they've probably got a quota they've got to meet, right? Or this is just one job that they've got to fill for this company, right? You know, a lot of internal recruiters, for example, you know, they're working like on 15 to 20 requisitions right 20 like there, there's a lot you're not the only one they're dealing with so make their job easier make their life easier by saying this is what i need 
And then when they come back to you, it's like, look, I am prepared to give you a verbal acceptance if we can get to X, Y, and Z. That is going to give them all the incentive because then they have that certainty and you've said it and you're not, we know you're not going to go back on your word, right? That you're going to accept if they can get this to you. So for the, you know, the women out there, boots on the ground, job hunting, Mm -hmm. what is their homework? What, what do they need to be doing right now? Yeah. Um, Right now, one is what do you want to do, right? You know, do you want to do more of the same? Do you, are you ready to go, you know, take a, a step up? Do you want to, you know, manage people? Think about that. Think about that really hard, right? And, and also answer the question, why, right? Why? And so there are no right or wrong answers. They just, they just have to ring true with you. They, they, you've got, it, it's got to be aligned with your own personal truth. Okay. So don't do it for someone else. Don't do it because, you know, your spouse expects you to, um, you know, to, to make more, right? Don't do it. It's like, this is your life. You've got, you know, at, at this point, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm 47. Right? I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, uh, the number of years in, in front of me are right around the same as the years behind me, right? And in, in a couple of years, I'm like, I've got more years behind me than in front of me. So again, think about your personal truth. Don't do it for someone else. The second thing is, and then sit down and think about what your story is, right? What is, do you have a superpower? Do What sets you apart? What makes you different, right? Why, why you, you know, of like, what, how are you better? How are you um, different than all of the other people in your field, right? Tell that story. The third one is then take a look at your LinkedIn profile. Does it actually tell your story or is it just a chronological list of your, of your job history, right? Because that's not what's going to set you apart. And, and frankly, you know, I even see this sometimes is, on your um, on LinkedIn hist- um, histories, people will put in like their um, their HR job title, right? It's like, you know, if you are like, you know, a head of, of people, if you are a team leader, right? If you are a, um, uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, a, a lead in some sort of engagement leader, put that down. Don't use your, you know, your HR title, right? That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's, you know, and, and think about how your LinkedIn profile shares that you've actively managed your career, you know, because one of the things that, you know, I find is that um, sometimes a lot of women will, they'll follow a boss, right? They'll follow someone who say like, you know, uh, maybe their boss or their mentor went on to another company and they brought them along, right? If that's the case, you need to be able to be ready to tell that story of how did you actively manage your career? Because someone who only follows someone, right? I always question First of all, it's like, you know, well, why did you do that? Why didn't you ever think about breaking out and doing something on your own, right? Why didn't you actively manage your career? Why did you just, you know, kind of let someone, uh, you know, follow, uh, you know, why did you only ride someone's coattails, right? And that's for men and women. And so if you did follow someone, um, you know, really make sure that you've got a story of why, right? This was a great mentor. This person gave me those opportunities, Um, you know, you don't want to come off as someone who was just like, well, I did the easy thing, right? I never had to look for a job because I just followed someone. Yeah. So make sure you, you know, think about that. And then number four, what is your worth? What is the worth of this job, of this role, right? And think through what are the things. And it's it's not, I'm not even thinking about like, you know, the ideal situation. Because in my ideal world, I would be making a million bucks a year, right? And uh, I wouldn't have to work more than 40 hours a week. But 
really think about like, you know, again, what is your truth? What is this job worth, right? What should it be compensated at? What are your requirements? What won't you take? And what will you take? Like, what will it take to close you on this? I'm going to add number five. Yeah. (laughs) Number five is put your, put your thoughts and your feedback and what you're going to do in the comment section so that you can get an hour with Karina, because this is just generic. Not, I'm not generic, but like, here's advice for women. But if you want advice just for you from Karina to help you specifically, this is a great opportunity for you to do that. So say something in the comments, let us know what your story is and how you want to change it. And you will, perhaps be able to talk to Karina. Karina, I also would love to ask you just to check out the comments in the upcoming week so that if there are people in there um, who do maybe ask a question, maybe you maybe you respond in there and give them mm-hmm. a little bit of incentive. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. Yep. Great. Well, thank you so mm-hmm. much, Karina. We're going to have you back in the spring. And That'd we're going to touch base again. We're going to see where things are at, what's changed, what hasn't. And maybe that person who does get the hour with you can come on board and tell us their journey. And where they're great. Going. Yay. All right. Thank I'm going to send you backstage. Jenny and I are going to wrap up and we'll come back and say thank you. Wonderful. Thanks, Karina. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Oh, my gosh. I'm so energized after this. Mm-hmm. I, just, I mean, it, it yeah. really is maybe historically, you know, a really important time for women in the workforce. And gosh, I mean, take advantage of it, right? Yes. This is a great moment for us to take advantage of what's going on. Do the thing you're passionate about. Share your story. Get that salary. And let's pave the road as women have done for us let's pay the road for the generations behind yeah. us. Like yeah. this is a great opportunity not only for you, but to give um, our daughters a leg up moving forward. Absolutely. If something can come good out of freaking COVID, maybe this is it. I hope so. Just, you know, what Karina said, know your worth. That is, yes. that, that's, that's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully you know your worth after living through a pandemic for two years. You've you've come to some ideas of what you're worth and why you should be reaching for those things that you are passionate about and figure out how to tell your story so you get where you should be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sharon, I've got my homework. It's the same as yours. So let's yes. get busy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to share our outro video and stay visible. Okay. Bye. Talk to you all later. Oh,